podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. the actual bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon. It's myself taking the Cornwall, joined by Natasha Miko and Patrick McGill. I think we should maybe call this like the passport episode or the kind of holiday travellers episode as the three of us seem to be um, in and out of the, the country. But um, here we are. It's it's Tuesday. We're all in Scotland. I think we're all in Scotland. Um, Patrick, you and I were over in Ireland for the football at, at the weekend. Um, do you want to give us a wee bit of rundown on it? I'd rather you do it than me. Aye. Um, obviously, the result was a bit of a disappointment, but we had five great days in Dublin. You know, Guinness Factory on the, the Thursday, um, Glasnevin on the Friday, Grave Diggers, the famous Grave Diggers, John Kavanagh's pub. Saturday, Comanum Geo, followed by the disappointment of Scotland losing 3 nothing. I suppose if they're going to lose 3 nothing, you know, as we said before the show, you prefer it to be Ireland, personally, anyway. Uh, and then Sunday, we, sort of, we said we'd take it easy, but Compared to the rest of the holiday, we took it easy and then home yesterday, so a great time. Yeah, me and you never really take it easy when we start in the old Guinness, do we? But no, we had a great time. And as you say, um, it was nice to see a couple of Celtic players in action on Saturday in the flesh once again, because I think we're all missing the football a bit, but um, just a pity that they were on the, the receiving end. And we got to, me and you eventually get to see Shane Duffy in the flesh, and what a performance here. They nearly laid on two goals for Scotland, but um, by the end of the game, it was looking like Big Bacon Bar at the back for, for the Republic of Ireland. But, uh, yep, still a long way to go in that group. But uh, it's not looking too good for the Old Nations League for Scotland at this point in time. Natasha, you were also on your travels to Georges Yakimakis' homeland. Um, did you have a nice time? I did, yes. It was lovely. Um, really great trip. We were in Santorini and Mykonos. So if anyone is looking for some Greek island recommendations, I can certainly recommend those two um it was lovely nice weather nice food nice cocktails good time um plenty of sunshine 
And yeah, nice to, to get some holidays in while we have no football to be enjoying, certainly no Celtic football anyway. Well, good stuff. Hopefully we're planning plenty of holidays for Celtic in Europe um, this season because we've got that golden ticket to the Champions League. But anyway, since we've been last on, there's, there's been a good bit happening. Um, I think the, the one obviously is our tagline is about CCV. You know, we, we now know he's a Celtic player for definite. We're going to see him in the hoops next season. The hoops that we don't know what they're going to look like yet, but we know he's going to be in that pinstripe um, effort away kit party, which are taking that one. I think it's quite nice. I'm just a wee bit disappointed doesn't go in the back the, the stripes but I think I even like the letter in the back is a kind of nod to the old retro uh, front door at Celtic Park which you're taking away Kip Yeah just sort of what you said I was I was a bit disappointed when it first came out but it has grown on me just about every kit is the same with me I sort of, I'm a bit uh, a bit hesitant to, to, to start with but the old black in the back you know we have to make it that way for Europe anyway so you as well doing it for the whole uh, the whole season. Um, I think it's a belter. Uh, the front in particular, you know, the, the crest as well, it's sort of sitting on a badge of its own. Um, I really, really like it. And as you say, the sort of broken Celtic lettering from the old door outside the old uh, front of Celtic Park guy. Magic. Yeah, absolutely nice. Um, Natasha, I think you're like me. I think you've got any Celtic Adidas stuff comes out, you probably go along to the, the <laughs> shop and buy it. It's a nice kit, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. Um, of course, already on the pre-order, I look forward to, to getting that one. Sponsorless, I think, it's going to look really great. That's what I went with. I usually do with, with my, my kits. I usually get them sponsorless, so got it on pre-order. And yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good one. You, you can't go wrong with black. I think black always works. And I know I probably agree with people about the back. The pinstripe should have continued. I get why it's not, but yeah, I really. A really good effort from Adidas, and they very rarely have steered us wrong, have they? Um, usually, a fan of the Adidas stuff, I say, as I am sitting in Adidas top. But um, yeah, the Adidas stuff's been class, so I think it's another good one. Look forward to seeing what they're going to do with the the home kit. I mean, there's not really too much variations on the the hoops that you can do. I believe there's rumours about having a little bit of silver in it this time, maybe on the shoulders. But we shall see. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think there's some people been saying that the bags that you've been getting recently, the Celtic shop is going to have that kind of design in it, a wee bit kind of 88 centenary mm-hmm. style, but we, we shall wait and, and see um, what it looks like. As you say, Natasha, the, the black kit they had their first season with is just a pity we didn't get yeah, very good results in it, although you know it did save us um, that 3-1 victory at Easter Road we played in it, which kind of gave that bit, that kit a bit of justice, so... We'll see how they get on with their next efforts. I also saw a really nice wee, wee link, Kerry Keenan had tweeted it out on Twitter, that the, the boy that actually designed the kit, you yeah. know, grew up in the 90s, had that kit as a, as a young Celtic fan, and there he was, you know, designing this new kit for Celtic, a real full circle moment, and I'm sure something that he's very, very proud about. But anyway, enough about Celtic kits, that's usually Paul John's gig anyway. Um, and I know, obviously, he's got a book coming out, which I think I'm getting the pre-order too, because... I do like the history of the Celtic kits, but back to Cameron Carter Vickers. Patrick, you and I were, maybe have been Friday, um, just hotel room. Grave Diggers, Grave Diggers pub back in the hotel room about to head out for our dinner, um, to then to off to Donahue's pub, the famous home of the, the Dubliners. Um, the news came through, we were absolutely delighted. We were, aye, went out celebrating, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> sure did. Uh, you weren't yeah. going to have a drink otherwise, is that right? You're going to have yeah, a quiet one, no drinks. Aye, yeah, no. A few waters or something, yeah. But you had to, you had to. <laughs> aye. Uh, phenomenal news. Um, I think it was just just before half past six. Um, 
I think, you know, the, the chat for weeks has been all about Jota. And so for that to sort of come out, well, not out of nowhere, we're all expecting him to sign, I think. But, you know, in the weeks building up to it, it had been all Jota to be turn out CCV. Brilliant. I think early on the season, we were saying he was probably the more important of the signings and then Jota had a really good end to the season. So, you know, with the Champions League money, you want to get both of them over the line. And I think we will. But um, to get one of them in the door so early, I mean, what was that, the... 10th of June, the 9th of June or something. Fantastic business. Um, six rising to possibly 10 with add-ons. So at least we know that Celtic are serious this window. I'm glad that they are. I, I thought that they would be. And uh, it's good to see that they're, they're back in Ange. Yeah, Natasha, there's been a lot of chat, obviously, on Jota, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Friday was the day that the transfer window opened officially. I know you've said in the podcast before, and I've been in total agreement, that it probably wasn't the right time to be, you know, doing deals where we were trying to get that lead title over the line. But we're certainly not hanging about here with Cameron Carter Vickers. He's obviously known this was going to happen because we've seen him in the away kit, meaning that he was, you know, probably in a done deal. I think that away kit shoot was the morning after we clinched the league at, at Tanadice, so his future was already going to be at Celtic Park. He's kept that on the download, but it's a really big signing, I think, for Celtic, and he's been so so crucial. I think it's almost, you know. Crazy to you know remember that he came in on the very last day in, in August last year, along with Jakimakis and, and Jota. And where would we have been without those three players last season? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a good statement of intent. There's no messing around. We're just going to get these players um, tied down. If, if I'm honest, I think I was probably expecting Jota to come before Carter Vickers. I think if... I had to put money on one of them staying. I would have been more likely to assume that Jota would be the one to stay. Um, I was a little bit on the fence about whether Carter Vickers would. I obviously thought it was massively important to next season that we do keep that continuity at the back, that partnership with him and Starfelt, getting tied down to a deal. Of course, I wanted it, but slightly on the fence about whether he would. I know there was that interest in England, which can obviously turn players' heads. I know his agent, you know, has maybe been trying to, to push him elsewhere. So I was actually quite pleasantly surprised when, when that one was done so quickly and delighted that he has chosen to stay. Like you said, he already had done the, the modelling in the new kit. I believe this, his interview that Celtic released was filmed before he went on, on holiday with some of the boys. So this has been done for a while, which is actually quite comforting, you know. So while we were all out here speculating about had his head been turned, where was he going, was it England, was it this, Cameron himself was relaxing in Ibiza, knowing that his, his deal was done and that his future would be at Celtic. So I think that's I think that's a nice thing. It's nice that we've managed to get it done quickly and it's nice that Cameron wanted to stay and was quite happy to get that deal tied up quickly as well. And I think... Um, we get him tied down. We're going to come on to talk about some of the other players that we could be bringing in, but the next one surely has to be Jota. And of course, there's been holidays. I know Jota's been in America. We've seen him playing football with people over there in the Celtic kit, which very much looks like a man who wants to stay at Celtic. But it would be nice to get that announcement out soon. Yeah, um, maybe just wait for that home top to drop. It seemed quite fitting that the way top came out, we get the, you know, everybody jumped on with the pre orders, and then later on that day, there's a big man in the away top, so maybe we might see Jota as the, the breaking news whenever that home top drops. I agree with what you're saying there, Natasha. I think Brown Warrior and a lot of Celtic fans probably are in agreement there. You know, that interest from Newcastle and other clubs down south was a bit of a worry. Um, there was also the other side of that, that, you know, being out at so many clubs on loan 
he'd found the home at Celtic. I think that was really, really important for him as a player and a person. And a lot of the stuff we'll probably come on to coming out, especially in Matt O'Reilly's recent interview, uh, talking about Ange and you know, his relationships within the, the dressing room. Everything just sounds great in there. Um, but Patrick, as Natasha says there, you know, Big Man was off sending his cell in Ibiza. Me and you saw a lot of bunnets when we were in Dublin. Um, we know Jota likes a bunnet. He had one on in that flight when he was going out with, with Carol Starfield out there. Surely, you know, if one's in the door, it's also a good sign that, you know, anything holding Jota back, looking at Vickers, pen and paper, on a good deal, shouldn't, it really shouldn't make Jota hesitant to come to Celtic. Yeah, he was out there in Ibiza, wasn't he? With yeah. Carter Vickers, so they're obviously After relatively a, close. After flight journey. Aye, well, I remember that one. Aye. Uh, Aye, I, I mean, it, it bodes well, doesn't it? And that Matt O'Reilly interview, I'm sure we've all seen it on Twitter, uh, certainly snippets of it anyway. You know, he says he can sit down for lunch with anyone, whereas in other clubs that doesn't happen. There's sort of cliques and friendships and stuff. And uh, it's good to know that the dressing room's so united uh, and everyone's sort of like pally with each other. Um, but I, I I mean, I think, we, we all think here that, you know, Jota will sign, we hope he'll sign. Um, he seems to be enjoying himself, as you say, He's playing football abroad with a Celtic top on. That can only be a good sign. Um, and I, looking forward to him modelling the, the hoops uh, when when that eventually comes out, because I'm hoping that's going to be a, a trend where we announce new signings along with new kits. Yeah, um, that would be very, very nice. And I think, you know, for, for Celtic's pocket, um, it would also be very nice because I'm sure when other folks seem, because of that away top, if they hadn't already pre-ordered it, I think that would really make a few people move to do it but you know Patrick as you say there you know this is from this Mark O'Reilly interview he says there's usually quite a lot of cliques but it's Celtic I feel like it could be sat at a dinner table with any of them and have a good time which is cool we also went on to say I've already genuinely got a good few of my best mates at the club which is pretty cool hey, I hang around with Carol and Fred Alston Josip but then again I honestly probably hang about, hang out with half the team which shows enough about our culture we also went on to spoke, speak about when Ange speaks everyone listens so it all seems very positive in there. All sounds very good. And I think if there's any doubt in Jota's mind about signing for Celtic, everything is in place for him to, to be our player. So I'm trying to keep the positivity going. We've got one in the door. Hopefully he's the one to follow. Whether that's modelling the new home kit or not, we shall see. Um, but Natasha, one person who we've been linked with very recently is um, Vinicius Souza, you know, the Brazilian who's been playing out in, in Belgium, I think. Um, but what's your take on this one? You know, We saw Anthony Joseph come out with a tweet last week saying that Celtic were on the lookout for a defensive midfielder. Do you think that's going to be a position that we're definitely going to look to strengthen? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably one of the key positions. I think a lot of the fans are more likely to appoint it to left back, perhaps, as one of the positions we wanted to strengthen. But I think a lot of the sounds Andrew's making, and if you listen to a lot of what he was saying towards the end of last season, I think his key position was actually that defensive midfield. I don't think we really have anyone suitable to playing in that system. And if you do have someone in that position, that allows McGregor to move slightly further forward. And I think we get the most out of McGregor when he does push up slightly. But the problem right now is that we don't really have anyone in that defensive midfield position, particularly now that Nier Beaton has, has left the club. So I think it's important that we do get someone in that role. Um, a lot of people suggested that it might be Idiguchi but haven't seen enough of him really to make the call about whether that can be his sort of role or not. Um, it certainly isn't going to be someone like Soros. I think he's too far out the picture for that. Maybe going to Cyprus, we never know. Yeah. Hopefully the weather might do as a turn with that. <laughs> 
So I don't think we've got anyone naturally fitting there at the moment. And I think it would really suit Angie's setup and the way he likes to play if we did have that sort of player there. So in terms of Souza, to be honest, you know, like probably many of the fans don't know a lot about him, you know, haven't seen him, you know, particularly play other than the clips that we've seen since we've been linked to him. But unlike previous transfer windows, perhaps I do have a lot of confidence in, in Ange and the setup that they will bring in the right players. I think you just have to look at their track record in January and then before that. I don't I can't really point to a signing of, you know, Angie's that I think hasn't quite worked out. Um, you know, maybe James McCarthy, maybe Liam Scales, but I don't know how much we can attribute either of them to the Ange Postacoglu signings. But in general, the players that Ange likes, that he wants, really do work and fit a system. So if he thinks that this is the player that he needs in to play in that role, then I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the two that you mentioned there didn't play a big part of the season, but they've had, you know, Scales popped up with that goal at Tanner Ice. Yes, it sealed the deal, but he's came in, he's played some game time. McCarthy, I thought, played very well in Boxing Day. They've had a wee part. Yeah, they've not been, you know, massive additions to the team. But as you say, you can't really point to any specific and post to Coglu signings and say any of them failed. So anybody that you're getting linked with just now, you're pretty confident that, you know, they'd probably be a good fit of the club and they would slot in quite nicely. Patrick, you said to me, you know, this boy's a really good player, um, 22-year-old. What, what was your take on this? Is this a, a really key position, especially in the Champions League? We, we need somebody in there just because I think with the way we play, although Callum McGregor plays that role very well, I think a lot of Celtic fans and possibly Ange Postacoglu might like to see him just drift forward that wee bit or even like to play two holders a wee bit more in the Champions League. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm basing that totally on a it's a, so a, it's a graph from uh, an account called Boys Analytics on Twitter who, you know, you, you can see, I think we all know who Boys Analytics are, it's like a circle, and then you've got McGregor in red and DeSouza in blue. And in terms of defensive dis- eh, statistics, DeSouza's just this absolute monster. Whereas you can see, sort of McGregor looks McGregor looks makes Callum McGregor look like a bad player when we know he isn't. But defensively, this DeSouza guy just brings so much more to the team in comparison. And you see, it's not really McGregor's game to sort. Of, I mean, he can do it, he can stick in, but it's all about sort of controlling the tempo and sort of opening the channels up and finding players and forward positions, that's what McGregor's what McGregor's good at. This DeSouza guy apparently is is uh, sort of off the charts good at sort of breaking up play, uh, interceptions, just all the defensive jobs that we would need at the top level. You know, we've not really had someone like that, in my opinion, since you know one Yama. You know, Brown reached those levels every couple of seasons, but we've not had a player like that since one Yama. Uh, and you know, as you say, it leaves the squad in a Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. In a healthy but a bit strange position because, you know, you've brought Adeguchi in and we keep on saying every week that we've not done that by accident. We've definitely brought him in for some reason. But looking to sign another defensive midfielder, you're leaving yourself with two great players in every position, which is good, but it's just a matter of how you keep all those players happy. Yeah, absolutely. And Brown Warriors came in here to say that you don't have to have to move McGregor forward up the park to bring a defensive midfielder. All you need to do is to go from a single pivot to a double pivot um, with a 10 in front as you had to Brown and McGregor under Rodgers and Lenny, absolutely. And um, I think that was why Olivier and Cham was such an important signing for Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers coming into that 17-18 season. Just a pity we didn't really add anybody else in, um, which was you know, one of our downfalls in that Champions League campaign. Um, after that, Dominic's come in here to say he thinks I'm still getting hydrated after the weekend. Dublin, you can absolutely bang on. Yep. It'll take um, a lot longer than this to oh, hydrate oh, after that. Oh, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Patrick's a terrible influence in me. Um, yeah, <laughs> everything seems good at this point in time. And I think so that, you know, whether he's going to play in there himself, whether he's going to play in a double pivot, you know, as Bryn Warrior said in the comments, it's interesting, but as you say, Natasha, We've got absolute faith in Ange Postecoglou that he will bring in players that will suit him, suit the club, suit his style of football. And again, we've already strengthened in that department, bringing in Matt Lowell um, to head up recruitment. You know, we're making these moves and we're not stopping, um, as Ange famously, of course, says. But we aren't stopping and we're we're strengthening departments, we're strengthening um, as a football club as we go forward and everything bodes well going into this season, which is great. We're we're quite chilled out about that. but yeah, on Callum McGregor, happy birthday to him, 29. It almost seems as if he's been around a lot longer than that, even though, you know, Patrick, you rightly pointed out, he never broke into that Celtic first team until probably later on, as people expected after that loan deal eh, down at Notts County. But again, he's going to have a big season wherever he plays for Celtic next year because he's he's such a big character um, at, at the football club. So it's happy birthday to Callum McGregor. Um, one man we know is a big character and was one of those standout signings for Ange Postacoglu was Josip Juranovic, Natasha, had that wee injury, he's came back, he played left back last night for Croatia, from what I watched, absolutely outstanding, you know, and I think that was the first time Croatia had beaten France in their history. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, um, you just have to, to look at his stats, I was actually watching a different game, I was watching the Australia-Peru game last night, um, obviously no no particular Celtic players to watch of note in there, but it was an interesting one as they both went for a a World Cup spot which went to, to penalties and if anyone hasn't watched the, the penalty shootout, please do for Redmayne and goal just alone. Um, so I'm, I'm side-barring here, but Australia brought on a goalkeeper in the last minute of extra time just for the penalty shootout. A guy who's never played outside Australia, 34 years old, had only played for Australia twice just for the purpose of the penalty shootout to get them to the World Cup. And if you haven't watched it, then go ahead and do because his antics are interesting and to be fair they worked because Australia now have their World Cup place so happy about that because it will make Ange Postecoglou happy so that is all good from me but in terms of our own players um, obviously Juranovic playing in that Croatia game great to see them get that victory against France but even more so looking at the stats from after it of, of Josip Juranovic 
I read somewhere that he had an 87% passing accuracy, won 100% of his tackles, and that's him playing over at left-back as well. And we know Celtic have a slight left-back issue at the moment. That's maybe an area we want to strengthen in. It's nice to know that Juranovic performed so well in that position, as we've seen ourselves throughout the season. Obviously, we think he's better at right-back, so we want to utilise him there. But it's nice to see that not only uh, uh, you know, domestically for us, but internationally for a team like Croatia, he's really standing out as a top-quality player. That can only be encouraging for next season. And obviously we lost him through injury for the sort of latter stages of this season. So excited to see what another full pre-season for him can do and another good run in the team because I think he's a real quality addition to the squad. Yeah, and again, like you know, Yakimakis got his goal for, for Greece the other night, cracking header, um, Matt O'Reilly played well for the, the Danish under-21s. Everyone... Maybe apart from even the Scotland players, I thought Ralston did okay at the weekend. Um, McGregor as well. Everyone seems to be in a very good, strong end to the season, which bodes well again, as you say, the tackle going back into that that pre-season. What something Yakimaka said after the game was he was frustrated. He scored in his debut for Greece and hadn't bagged a goal since. So I think that kind of put another line under his, um, you know, incredible second half of the season. It was absolutely pivotal. He still to go on to win the league. Um, but as you say, the Australia game, congratulations to Australia. They will be at the World Cup unlike of ourselves. Um, I think that's five World Cups in a row. I'm sure you have qualified for. Obviously, Ange Postacoglu being one of the, the, the main men in between that. But, um, yep, the Wiggle goalkeeper is one of our commenters. Dermot's came in here to say. So, yeah, it's well worth a watch for that. It's always a risk, Patrick, bringing on a goalkeeper so late in a game like that. But he's came on. He's made the big save. And I sure he's got the World Cup. And, you know, I mean, it's nice. Even though Tom Rogic wouldn't be our player, if he's out there, I'm sure we'll be tuning in to watch him. And we'll be wanting to see what to do well. We never know. We might have some some more Aussies uh, on our side going forward there. Just on Juranovic, Patrick, you know, Natasha says the stats absolutely showed how good a quality player he is. This is the type of quality I think we need in this Celtic team if we're serious about the Champions League. Would you agree on that? Totally. Uh, I think Juranovic has been one of our most consistent players. Uh, you know, he's deputised for us at left back as well this season when, you know, everyone was injured at left back. Uh, he's done really well. You know, it's fair to say he's the best creation right back and the best creation left back. Um, that's <laughs> clearly the creation manager thinks so. Um, and I, he's just he's very very reliable going forward. He's a bit limited um, because obviously he can't get that quick cross in on his left foot. Um, he's a he does. He does. Um, he can't. He can't sort of go forward. Sorry. What crosses in and sort of cut it back with his left foot as quickly as he can on his right, but obviously he's not left footed. Um, but you know, defensively solid either side. Um, you know, the 3 0 derby in February, you know, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's hard to pick out a standout game because he's phenomenal in just about every game, but uh, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, and uh, if we could have that at, at the left side of uh, uh, the, the team, that would be brilliant as well because you know, Taylor has, has been phenomenal, but. Behind them, you know, there's no one, there's no one really there that you can trust at the at the top level, in my opinion. Yeah, you need somebody to push Greg Taylor, I think, as well. As, as I keep seeing in this one, you know, whether it's Liam Skills in that position, who we know is linked with that move to Aberdeen. Um, Adam Montgomery's coming back from his loan deal at Aberdeen. Whether he's going to go back out loan or, or in the plans, I, I don't know. Um, volleyball and goalie does it look as if he's probably you know, going to be anywhere near the first team next season. So we don't really have anybody there that's going to push him. You're probably the person pushing Greg to that left back is going to be Juranovic, but you want to make sure that he's a stick on 
uh, right back on that side. So yeah, absolutely. You know, Greg Taylor has had an excellent season for Celtic, but I think it's only going to improve him as a player to bring somebody else in. Natasha, one, I still you may know, may well be linking up a fans post to Coglu uh, next season as uh, Harry Cool. But we should take this. Obviously, we we know all about him and mm-hmm. playing days at, at Liverpool and Leeds. Um, we should take this one. Listen again for me. It comes down to if Ange Postecoglou wants someone in, be that on the pitch or in his backroom team, then I'm happy for him to get him. Um, he's obviously looked at the squad team he has. Um, he's been quite happy to go through the season with Kennedy. Um, he's kept McManus about. Must highly beat him. Strachan's obviously involved, and it's obviously it's, it's went well the season. It's worked. But if he's looking at that and thinking, right, next season I want to bring in someone else, maybe someone slightly more attacking minded. I'm not ever I'm not sure we ever really replaced Damien Duff's experience once he mm-hmm. moved on. Um, you know, you the the defense the setup's currently probably a little defence heavy. Maybe mm-hmm. he's looking for someone who has a bit more of an attacking mind and maybe that's what Harry Cool's gonna bring. But for whatever reason he's decided that he would enhance um the setup that he has, then great. If he wants to bring him in then I'm absolutely all for it. I think we're we're sort of recruiting in a, a couple of positions at the moment as well. I believe that we're looking for a an analyst as well. So mm, they are certainly good. yeah, they are certainly looking to enhance and increase the backroom setup. I don't know if that means that anyone then leaves. I don't know if Harry Cool's just another seat on the bench or he's taking someone's seat. Obviously we've seen Gavin Strachan being linked with some moves away, although that's all went slightly quiet recently. Maybe he's coming in to replace him, or maybe he's just an addition. Either way, if Ange wants him in, if he thinks it's going to help him, then excellent, all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick, obviously people right away will go, his managerial record is Watford under 23s, Crawley Town, Notts County, Oldham, Barnet. For a lot of people, that's not you know a record which justifies a post at Celtic. But you know, as Natasha says, if, it's, if Ange Postecoglou wants this man in the door, you know, Michael Nicholson and, and everyone else in the background that Celtic should be doing everything to make that happen because, you know, I think whatever Ange wants this season, we should be giving it to him. And an ally in there, you know, I think a lot of people that you talk to in football will, will say that's important. Obviously, there was a lot of chat around the season um, 2021, around, you know, Neil Lennon not having his own backroom staff in, as we were led to believe, and then at the beginning of Ange's tenure, not bringing anybody over with him. But um, if he wants to add him in, I'm absolutely all for it. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, uh, obviously we don't know a lot about Kiel's management. I've not watched Barnet or Watford under-21s recently. Um, <laughs> when, you know, whenever he was in charge. But yeah, it'll be, uh, he is Australian, isn't he? I'm right in saying he's Australian. Yeah. Kiel. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So it'll be nice to have another Rosie. Um, you know, he's probably missing Tom Logic already. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, as Natasha says, all I've been about for five days. Natasha, I was in tears and everything. That's <laughs> all. Uh, Terrible. <laughs> I'm with you, Alan Patrick. I miss him every day too. We oh, all do. I know. <laughs> I know what a player he was. What a player he is. Uh, but I, it's, it would be strange whether or not. Don't get started. Like. <laughs> we'll just, how about we just dedicate <laughs> half hour to Tom Rogic? Forget what else we've got lined up, Patrick. We're just going to yep. talk about Tom Rogic for the next half hour. Quite right. What a half an half an hour that would be. But as you say, um, need to move on before I start crying. Uh, 
it's whether he replaces someone or whether he sort of comes in and adds to it. Because I know when he first came in, before McGregor was officially captain, he wanted sort of a group of leaders, a group of captains, whether he wants the same with first team coaches, you know, maybe not an assistant, but a group of people to sort of challenge him and stuff. Because obviously he likes the he likes the challenge of convincing people to his way of working. He likes winning people over, he likes having his back to the wall and you know, he said in the final day of the season, he was complimenting everyone, saying thank you and stuff. He says, you know, the backroom staff have been unbelievable. So he obviously likes the backroom staff that he's got at the moment. And if Harry Kuehl does come in, which I think he probably will, then yeah, I'm all for it as well. You know, if Ange likes him, I like him. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got some of our commentators coming in here. Dr. Nix in the comments is saying, Harry has experience at an elite level, an elite level club. Um, at the highest levels and one of the best Aussie players I think that is valuable to help the young players in the squad Natasha that picks up what you were saying about Damien Duff um, and Dermot again comes in in our, our comments I wonder if this is Desmond if it is by all means send us a wee private message on here and we'll get that up there but uh, maybe not with that profile picture but yep very welcome in the comments and um, coming in as a coach not a manager brings winning the Champions League obviously won it with Liverpool in 2005 Natasha these are Important things to have in your your you know your backroom. No disrespect to John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, um, and Stephen McManus there on that one. But you know, cool Champions League winner. He's played at the very top level. If Liverpool was a cracking player at Leeds, um, that can only bode well for Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not too dissimilar for some of the arguments we make about Joe Hart. Um, he came into the squad as a very experienced player and has been monumentally important for the players on the pitch. A lot of the young players the new backline and sort of helping with that cohesion and making everyone work together only comes through the experience of playing at the highest level. And we've commended Joe Hart on that. And, you know, Harry Kuhl's not that old, you know. Patrick might not remember who he is, but he's slightly younger than, than me. But um, Harry Kuhl isn't that old. You know, it's not yeah. that long ago that he was playing at that highest level. Um, so that his experience of that is, again, like we've touched on, only going to be beneficial to, to the group of players that we have and I think yes maybe he doesn't have the most glowing record in coaching and, and management and things like that but a lot of these arguments were made about Andrew Postacoglu as well I know it's that slightly different level but you know Andrew's managing well and, and albeit in different jurisdictions but a lot of the same arguments were made too you know people rubbished his managerial record and he's come in and blown them all away and I definitely back Harry Cole to do the same thing yeah and I, I- Again, same goes for guys like John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton that people had written off um, after season 2021. You know, they turned that around and just spoken about how important they've been. I bumped into Steve McManus a few weeks ago and got a good chat with him. And he's been absolutely fantastic. Worked under Ange with the other coaches at the club. And obviously, I think there's a really good relationship between himself and, and John Kennedy having worked together, obviously, um, as players coming through the ranks at Celtic. But yeah, it's good to have these guys around the club and it's good to have these top-level experienced guys there also, too, it can only help um, Celtic. Dermot's joined back in with the party. He says he's got Dermot's grey hair, but no money. Um, <laughs> don't we all wish we had that kind of money? Things, but there we go. Um, so, yeah, Harry Cool, if it happens, I'm expecting it probably will happen. Another good appointment, I think, in the door, and I'm sure he will um, do well at Celtic. Um, in terms of coaching, managerial, we see our old manager, Ronnie Dyla, heading to, to Standard Liège, uh, Patrick, me and you were on the bus just coming off the, the flight, coming back in. We were talking to Sir Alec Ferguson's brother, 
bit of a weird airport moment at the time. We met Martin Ferguson coming home on the flight yesterday. I got a good chat with him about Fergie and uh, all things currently at Manchester United just now. But yeah, Ronnie Dyle is heading off to Belgium. I think we all, all Celtic fans wish him well. You know, he's done an incredible job at New York City. He's leaving the top of the league. He's won the cup over there. I think that was New York's first major kind of trophy over there. So he's going to be heralded as a legend and a hero there for all time to come. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in, in Belgium. But are you surprised, Natasha, that he's went back to, to the continent to, to test himself again? Or do you think he's still hungry no, for more think, success in a different country? I think that's right. I think he's an ambitious guy. Again, not that old, um, relatively young manager. Um, and I think he's ambitious, and I think he probably had a little bit of unfinished business back over European sort of way. Congratulations to him for everything he achieved in New York. That's fantastic. But we all know that MLS isn't the same sort of league as a lot of the European leagues. It just isn't, and it's not there yet. But he has done an incredible job regardless. But as a manager, you're going to want to test yourself against the top teams at the top level, and that does just mean coming back over to Europe. Um, and the way that things ended at Celtic, of course, they didn't end badly. We all wished them all the best. It just didn't quite work out at the time. And that's no saying that he wasn't a good manager and a good coach, because I really do think he is. So for him as well, there will be a sense of unfinished business back over here. And he'll want to come over and set that straight and test himself at this level again. And I think he'll do well. I think he will do well. Um, and yeah, absolutely just wish him all the best at that. Another team that got a new manager today, of course, is the team that we will play at Celtic Park first this season. Um, that'll be Blackburn. We're playing them on the 16th of July at Celtic Park. And their new manager as of today is, of course, John Dal Thomason, who I think a lot of us will remember when he brought his Malmo side to Glasgow um, and gave a few very good lines at a press conference. So best of luck to him in his new job as well. And we'll see him at Celtic Park in July. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, I think he's already a bit of a cult. You know, Patrick, I know you're, I know you're a, a bit of a clever lad, as he says in that, that press conference. Um, yeah, we're going to see him rock up at Celtic Park, which will be quite quite good to see. I think he has already got that cult hero uh, status. But yeah, that's an interesting one. In terms of Ronnie Dyler, Patrick, I think, you know, Standard Liège, he finished 14th last season. If you remember, I have all the real memory of Standard Liège is ourselves playing them in a, a friendly at the start of season uh, 1920. Um but yeah, on standard age, Ronnie Dyer's got a proven track record in Norway, Scotland and America. I've been a successful football manager, much like Ange Postecoglou. Um, do you think, I personally think he can probably turn standard age's fortunes around. What's your take on that? Obviously, Bruges has been the more kind of dominant side more recently in Belgium, but there's no reason why Ronnie can't go there and be a success like he's been in three countries already. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, there's a mixed memories from his time here. You know, the, the, the second season wasn't really up to scratch, but, you know, he did win the league two times out of two. He won his the League Cup as well. He was basically cheated out of a treble in his first season. You know, um, Europe was never his strong point, but domestically we were flying most of the time. Um, he tried to implement a new brand of football, which a lot of the senior players didn't like. But, you know, if he's backed and if he's got the courage of his of his convictions, I'm sure he will be a successful manager, whether it be here, Norway, America, um, you know, could go to Australia, Japan, wherever, wherever he goes. Um, I think he'll he'll do a good job. I mean, you can't get much worse than 14th. I don't know how many places there are in the top division of Belgium, but, I mean, if he gets backed with a, a bit of money, you know, I don't know how much money standard Liège have in comparison to the rest of the teams, but if he gets a bit of money, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll turn their fortunes around because he is a good coach. He's a modern manager. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, trying to get our fitness to a place where, you know, when Brendan took over for us, he didn't have a lot of work to do. So, I I think he'll do really, really well. Yeah, and all the very best to him. I think we all want Ronnie Diver to, to do well wherever he goes. It's another team to look out for. As you said, Natasha, we've got more international teams that we're, we're looking out for now and then we've got more club teams to look out for now. Um Probably not a club team that we're going to be looking out for to do well as, as Kilmarnock, but, but Kieran McEnroy has made that move. Yeah, he's not Kilmarnock. I, mean, I, I know, like the transition, though. Really, I like it. I don't really have a lot of time for Kelly and Derek McInnes specifically, but Kieran McEnroy's made the, the jump up the league. Obviously, was it, I think it was at Air United last season. He's one of the guys that's departed Celtic to go to Kelly. Um, you know, for him, it's a, it's a step up. I think Kilmarnock even had a wee cheeky dig at Air United saying you know, he was coming to the best team in Ayrshire or something along those lines. But um, yeah, it's another one that's came through the ranks at Celtic. Listen, again, much like guys like Marcus Fraser and whatnot, he's going to be playing at a decent level at the top flight of Scottish football. It's another one out the door and I'm probably sure there will be many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, all the best to him as well, of course. And that's kind of the way it's going to work, you know, a lot of the guys who are coming through our system aren't going to make the first team at Celtic. Um, For one reason or another, maybe they don't have the ability, they're just not going to make Celtic-level first team. They're not going to be in the first team squad. But that doesn't mean that these guys that we're bringing through and coaching and developing aren't going to have a career in football, and that's important. You know, He's still going to make his living playing football every day at the top tier of Scottish football, so absolutely, you know, fair play to him. Um, And it could be good for him. You know, It doesn't mean that this is the highest level he'll reach it just means it's his level at the moment um, and it could be better for his development than continued loan spells here and there staying at Celtic um, to actually settle at a club and develop his career from there he's still very young um, Kilmarnock's where he'll be based at the moment if he has you know a good spell there then then who knows and works hard you never know um, but yeah a good move for him and something that I think we'll probably see a lot more of is trying to trim down players that aren't going to you know enhance the first team squad that are sort of on the periphery and um, there's a whole list of those that we've talked about in previous shows a long long list of players who aren't going to be able to break into the team or the squad and we do need to start looking to offload those so yeah another positive move in the transfer market yeah um one one move somebody just came in the comments to say that the Tam Courts has departed Dundee United. I was quite interested to see but but he's off to he had a, a great season up there at Tam so interested to see who gets that job. But obviously one of those players past that he had under his helm has been Benjamin Seagrest. So far we've heard that Celtic are in talks with him. In talks, 
you know, probably means it may well happen. Um, what's your, your thoughts on this one? Because I don't think, you know, it's a position I've always said that it's why I think Joe Hart is our most important signing last summer because it's a position I don't think we'll get anybody else that we could play there and be as influential and important. Is a good signing for yourself? If it happens, yeah, I'd be more than happy with that. Um, you know, I think, uh, is it Olawayemi? I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Yeah, but, that's you right, know, Toby Olawayemi, yep. The 18, 19-year-old goalie. I know he's he's meant to be the future, you know, two or three years' time, but he's obviously not the first-choice backup just now. So I think in the in the meantime, we need to have a backup. Not only that, when he does eventually succeed Joe Hart, he's not going to have a backup either. So we need another goalkeeper, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how you two feel, but I don't trust Barkas being hazard at all. Um, I don't think is... He's, Aye, he's away, right enough. Aye. Um, but apart from that, I don't trust anyone at the moment. So quite happy to get a good backup in. Um, I'm hoping he's not one of these players, a bit like you know Zaluska, who has really good games against Celtic, signs for his, <laughs> and then is a bit is a bit rubbish. Um, I like Zaluska, um, good penalty taker. But aye, I'd be more than happy with see Christian, and it will be interesting who who replaces Tam Courts. I just checked there; he's left by mutual consent, so he's not technically signed for anyone yet. But aye. Interesting. Luke Siffy is going to depart. Um, talking of Polish goalkeepers, I've got my Arthur Boric t-shirt on today because Celtic are going to be playing in big afters and um, testimonial. Obviously, our memories, Natasha, of Luja Warsaw um, aren't probably the, the best. And I remember being in Murrayfield that day and kind of looking over uh, in my left-hand side and thinking, what's going on here? But, um, yep, you know, for big after, I think it's probably worth it to go out there and play in and that game, such an important player at Celtic, and it's you know I think he's two favourite teams, so all the best to him. I'll be tuning in to that game. I don't think I'd be be risking the trip out to Poland, which is an absolutely lovely country. Um, I've only been out there once. I've been in Warsaw Airport, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I think I'll give that one a wee yeah. miss. I just watched that one in the telly. Um, but but Seagrest, have you seen enough from from Benjamin Seagrest to think that he could probably come in and be a be a decent backup? Obviously, Scott Baines there, but. Um, I don't think there's too many Celtic fans who place too much trust in Scott Bain if he was to come in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Seagrass would be a fantastic bit of business, to be honest. Um, I think he's a really, really good goalkeeper. And if, like you touched on, if you look all over the pitch, one area that we really don't have a reliable deputy in is, is in goals. Um, so if we can bring Seagrass in to do that, then I think that's that's fantastic business. If Seagrass is happy to come in and realise that he will be the, the deputy, he's not going to shift Joe Hart out of that spot. But yeah, I think it would be a good move for both parties. So, absolutely, you know, agree with, with that move. Um, and, yeah, just a word on Artur Boric as well. I think it's it's great that we're involved in this game. Um, it's He was an absolutely brilliant servant to the club. We all do love Artur. Um, and just because he loves us, I don't think that means the Legia Warsaw fans do. Um, we all remember we all remember the Let Football Win debacle, so I'm not sure it'll be a... A particularly enjoyable trip for for any of the fans that make it over, but oh, no, it's, it's great we're taking part in it. Um, we all remember the last time we played Legia, that famous three 0 win, a great game at Murrayfield that was. Um, so maybe we could replicate that. I believe though that he is going to play the full match for Legia and not um, not play any for for Celtic. So interesting to see to see what how that goes. But yeah, great for him. Um, great to be taking part in it. Um, I look forward to, to watching it on TV from the safety of my own flat. <laughs> yeah, hi, absolutely. Um, it'd be quite actually good to, to get some old former Celtic teammates in and just throw them in 
maybe for, for safety precautions also. I think <laughs> Patrick would have nothing better to see Tommy Gravenson go on the hoops or, or something like that again back or even Derek Riordan come I'm sure, back. Um, I'm sure Boric should love to see McGeady line up again, so uh, maybe we oh, can bring yeah. him back for the game. Um, I'd, I'd be an interesting one to see, and even Big McManus. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's he's one that transcends bit of time there at Celtic. Obviously, first team coach, but a former teammate of of Arthur at Celtic and John Kennedy. So yeah, absolutely all the best to Arthur, whatever he, he goes on to do, um, and his future career, whether it's coaching or whatever else. You know, I think at one point, um, I, I don't hesitate to say I think he was one of the best goalkeepers at Europe under under Gordon Strachan. You know, some top top performances in the Champions League for Celtic and a great servant to the, to the club by the time is there um, and we'll see what happens on the, on the Seacrest front just another couple of bits of transfers obviously we've been monitoring centre-halves um, Itakura one that people are I think just putting bits of the jigsaw together you know Manchester City player probably looking for a bit of time out permanently obviously at Schalke last season and um, be interesting to see if anything comes of that Taylor Harwood Bellez is another player we're linked with in that position Spoken about left backs, spoken about the defensive central midfield, touched in Jota, and supposedly we're in the market for a striker. Um, that's all from from Anthony Joseph on Twitter. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, but we'll move on to our kind of usual wee, wee bit that we've been doing for the past few weeks in terms of Celtic and Europe. Um, as I've said before, me and Patrick try to get it as close to to recent times as possible so we can remember the, the game because even the names of Tommy Gravidson. Um, Paul Telfer and Evander Snowen in Celtic jerseys is a bit too far gone by. I think me and him were just starting school about that time, so you know it's not easy to remember that far back for me and you, as it passed it, especially when we're feeling a wee bit tender. So Celtic 1819. <laughs> you guys feel so old. <laughs> no, well, you know, you're not that old. I, no. don't, I don't know what mean Patrick deem is old. It's kind of it's getting a wee bit further on, isn't it? I think Let's the barrier thing is aye, 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 definitely. Um, well, Celtic in Europe, eighteen nineteen is one one I think we can remember. Um, qualifiers. It's nice to talk about qualifiers and not have to worry about them. I mean, I've got teams in here like Alice Cup, Rosenberg, our you know our friends from from Norway who we always seem to get drawn against. AEK Athens and Sudura. Um, Patrick, we'll come to Alice Cup first. I think the standout from this game was obviously back to back final performances, but we get the glimpse of Dembele and an Edward. Um, up top, but it was a fairly comfortable away game and, and home game at Celtic Park. You thought yourself, we're starting something new up top here. Here we go, and everything's going to be all right, and we'll, we'll start ourselves in for the journey, and hopefully we'll get a few additions in um, as we go. Yeah, um, you know the Celtic sort of teased us with that uh, front two, didn't they? And then sold them barely uh, a month and a half later or whatever it was. Um, but aye, comfortable games. Uh, I think the standout memory for me was watching Hozo Semunovic get sent off within about five minutes um, in the home game. Right. Uh, and then I think uh, Dembele scored a penalty that game as well. And I think Forrest did a cracking goal in the away leg. So I um, I think I watched both those games in Barbados and I don't just stream. But uh, aye, comfortable game. And I think that those that was the first of the three seasons where we had to play three, uh, four qualifying rounds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was obviously... A, a, Mountain too high for us because we never managed to qualify in any of those three seasons, um, which you know was a bit of a disappointment because I thought we could beat AK Athens, but not to not to be so. Aye, a comfortable game. Yeah, Forrest scored in both games again to add to that. Actually, quite remarkable 
uh, Champions League qualifying games record that he's got scoring goals for Celtic. Yeah. Get past Alice Cup, fine. We played very well against Rosenberg. Um, and, and the the next game, you know, Edward scored twice. I thought we played very well, and we get a we drew over there, no, no. So that was as Natasha threw. Then it was on to to Athens, and our our friend who was out on loan to Utrecht was of course in goals for three key Athens at the time. The biggest thing I remember about those games was the Bayata debacle. Um, yeah. We hope we don't have any issues like that this season. I don't think we will. That was really, really poor, everything that went around. That obviously ended up coming back. He scored that header against Hamilton. Um, when he came back that Sunday, it was absolutely last rain. I think if I remember right, he was getting booed by, by sections of the support. It felt, you know, around that time, just felt very strange. I was through it at Tyne Castle when we got beat through there and Kyle Lafferty scored. We looked as if we were in a bit of precarious place at that time after the, the Athens result. We were, and you know the signs were. I remember the signs were coming before it as well. Um, it just wasn't quite right. Um, and Brendan Rodgers has been shouting about it as well. You know, he had been starting to make, you know, noises that he wasn't happy and things weren't particularly gelling behind the scenes. And I think you know, as we were, you know, coming up to this Athens game, there was a bit of a sense that this was, you know, this was a risky one. Um. And Rogers was saying in his pre-match, you know, press conferences leading up to the game that we needed to strengthen, and it's just the same old sort of, you know, Celtic gamble, isn't it? That the failure to speculate to accumulate, as we've seen all too often, we we gamble with that Champions League place. We try to get there by the narrowest of margins, and you know, in this AK Athens tie, we came up one goal short. You know, we one more goal would have done it, um, and we we didn't get it. And I think if Rogers had been allowed to enhance the squad in the way that he'd wanted and the way that he'd sort of hinted at. Then you know you could have got past that Athens team, but again we just didn't do it in time for for these qualifiers, and it was just it was all a bit of a mess, you know, around it at the time. Like you were saying, Boyata was sort of refusing to play, Ayer was suspended for that second leg, so we had this defence of Simonovic and Henry, Edward mm-hmm. was injured, we had to go with Lee Griffiths up top, so you know we weren't, but we weren't far away. We were just a few players short. And Rogers hadn't been able to bring them in. We just missed out on players like McGinn at the time, um, and it just wasn't going particularly well. And I think we could all see that AK Athens result coming a mile off. And I think Rogers included in that. And I think that probably was sort of beginning of the end for him. Um, you know, his frustration with the way that things were going was sort of, you know, emphasised for all to see in that game. And yeah, we all know what what happened following that. Yeah, it's a, a kind of a point that you probably look at in the tenure mm-hmm. of Brendan Rodgers, where as you say, there it was the beginning and the end, Patrick. Um, we, we saw the issue there with a particular player. We've obviously heard from Brendan himself um, about you know looking to leave Celtic eventually at the end of that season. I mean, he's not getting back to the transfer market. It almost as if seemed as if he was trying to make a, a point to, to the board, and then you know after. The disappointment of that, we, we got to Fur Hill, we won in the League Cup, then we draw away to Sedova, and it was a game where you looked at, you scored in three minutes, already in champs scored. Um, but Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, it was a team we knew from our run to, to Seville in 2003. Um, but, you know, it was disappointing to go over there. Obviously, it's a two-legged affair. But I think, you know, as Natasha said, it was probably a point where a lot of us as Celtic fans saw a real stumbling in Celtic. And, you know, I think even now, you're probably quite glad that we didn't get John McGinn after watching him on, on Saturday. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't seem as if everything was was going great around the club, probably up until you beat Rangers and the, 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 the Derby game uh, when in Cham get that goal. But then again, we carefully you go to St Murray on a Friday night and draw nil nil. Yeah, and then I think a few weeks after that we lose one nothing to Kelly as well. And I think after Kelly was the real turning point because I think you scale up a few teams just after that. Um, you get one nil win against Rosenberg at home, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. But it was a very strange start. I think that was the worst start to the season in like decades. Um, you know, we missed out and. McGinn by something like £200,000, which, you know, at the time is very pathetic. Um, Lustig, we'd seen the season before that Lustig uh, was on his way out. You know, he blatantly wasn't good enough, you know, in certain SPFL games, never mind Europe. We were, I think we're linked with Castagna, but I think we're maybe priced out of that. I think they were wanting about £8 million or something. Yep. Um, so that never went through. And then when you look at who we actually signed, you know, if you get Benkovic in earlier on loan, you maybe stand a chance against Athens. But again, last minute loan. Um, we sign Edward, but then we sell Dembele and then Edward gets injured. So a bit of a, a bit of bad luck, but, you know, you're, you're hoping to sort of keep your best players as well. So it was a very, it was a, another quiet transfer window, which was the same as the summer before. So if you don't strengthen in two windows in a row, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And then, you go on a bit of a downward spiral after that, don't you? So, very disappointing start to the season that season. And, uh, you know, thank God we got someone like Saduva in that playoff game, or else, you know, we might have not get any European competition at all. When we came yeah. into that AK game, the only players that we'd actually signed before that were Edward and Scott Bain, who'd both been on loan the previous season. So, you know, that is not backing the manager to go on and achieve what he needs to in Europe, the squad actually wasn't enhanced at all because those two players were already there. We were just securing them on a permanent. So you can understand how Rodgers was making the noises he was to the press. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, we're playing Russian roulette, waiting and waiting until the last, and it didn't work out. It was the first season under Brendan Rodgers. We hadn't qualified for the Champions League. It showed the gap, probably, that is, you know, came to be afterwards and that we we didn't qualify for the Champions League up until you know winning the league this season. We're going to be back in it, which is some gap for, for a club like Celtic. Obviously, we do take these gaps. It's been seen at Arden those two seasons under Ronnie Dyla. We bounced back two years after it. Then we were back in the Europa League. Um, but then we get, we get to the opening game. We get past to do at Celtic Park. The opening game, Natasha, one name I'm going to say to you, we're talking about strength in the squad, Yusuf Malimbu. This was a guy that we brought in. Um, but we talked about strength in the squad. This is the best we could come up with. A man, I think we took him from Kamarnak, actually. It really just showed a lack of ambition to, to really do anything. We went up in two minutes, might have even been a minute, and uh, in Salzburg in Austria, and we got a doing uh, 3-1. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not that there really isn't much to say to that. Um, yeah, I think if you look at that Malimba signing, I mean, not only does it show like, sort of a lack of ambition, 
in terms of, you know, that's the sort of quality you think is acceptable at the club. It shows a bit of a lack of imagination as well, that in that position, that is the best player you could come up with. And um, given all our extensive scouting of all the various markets, that was the best that we could come up with is particularly disappointing. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I think that the Scottish market is a good one for us to utilise. I think that our transfer you know approach does have to have a sort of double prong in that yes we do look to take some of the better players in the league who we think can enhance the squad as well as look at you know further afield Europe Japan Australia for, for talent too so there's nothing against taking some of the better players from the Scottish market he just wasn't really one of them that was ever going to fit was he and um yeah didn't go particularly well no, not at all. Um, we'll try and whiz through some of these because there's not a, a lot of great highlights in it. Um, there's <laughs> one really decent highlight in it. But the, the one probably, you know, I went over to, to Leipzig for the game, flew into to Berlin with my cousin Gary, we got the bus down, had a bit of disaster, smashed my phone, missed the bus back up the road to Berlin, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, that was my real disaster Celtic tip after watching us get gubbed 2-0. Um, over there, two sucker punches, again, half an hour, did okay. They scored 31, 35 minutes and the game's killed. But Patrick talked about strengthening the squad. The starting 11 lineup that night was Craig Gordon in goals. Uh, Backfield that included Jojo Seminovich, Kieran Tierney, um, Christian Gamboa and Dedrick Boyata. And then working our way through the rest of the team, Olivier and Cham, Ryan Christie, Abu Kouassi, Lewis Morgan, Callum McGregor, Nods and Edward. A bit of a mixed bag for a Celtic team. Obviously, if we go over here, we get beat 2-0, we come back it's kind of the turning point for Ryan Christie is that game at Murrayfield um, and he scores the absolute cracker against Tarps. But I remember, you know, looking at, at him in uh, Germany and thinking, oh, what is this? Why, why are we persistent here? And Lewis Morgan too, um, another poor result. But on the flip side, a bit of positivity. We beat Leipzig obviously 2-1 at Celtic Park, which is a really good night at Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've seen what they've went on to achieve as a club. And that yeah. proved, I think, in that game that we can go up against top teams at Celtic Park and do the business and get a win? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a mixed bag of a season. You know, you get lucky and you get unlucky. I think, you know, you get to the 60th minute when nothing up against Salzburg away, you think they're doing pretty well, but then you totally collapse. I mean, I end up 3-1 by the 85th minute or something. And of course, not to forget, you know, we obviously we signed Morgan in that window and we brought back Izagiri, um, which was oh, yeah. another phenomenal signing um, that summer, which... How could I forget that one, really? Um, a, a starring performance against Valencia uh, in February. Uh, unbelievable. You were waiting in Big Effie rocking back up that season, I think. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we never had any more injuries in defence. My God. Um, I, the lineups in, in that Leipzig and Salzburg away games, they were they were terrible. And so I'm really we won the league that season, actually. The teams that we fielded in some parts of it. But... Um, no, uh, we we went on, we, we kicked on domestically, but, you know, last minute against Rosenberg uh, at home, and then I think we scored with about 15 minutes to go, Rosenberg away, beat home and away by Salzburg, um, beat away by Leipzig, and then, you know, you have that really good game, uh, 2-1 against Leipzig, and you can see about, I think it's something like 12 minutes to go or something, you think, oh, here we go again, we've, yeah. we've let it slip again, and then it's something like 14 seconds for kick-off, we go up and Edward taps it in, and as you say, you know, it got to the stage where we're starting to buoy Kouassi in uh, League Cup semi-finals against Hearts. He comes off, he tries to run off an ACL injury or something, and we end up bringing on Ryan Christie, and he, he totally rejuvenates our season, right up yeah. until he gets injured against um, 
think it's Aberdeen in April in the semi-final. Uh, but aye, uh, very much a mixed bag that season. Yeah, that was the final. He got injured, and that was I think that bad eye injury he got in that that final uh, that we won. One nil. I think he actually might have scored in that final. But yeah, they went on to really kick on um, for the rest of that season. Ryan Christian, as you say, that kind of read, you know, it sparked our season. Five 0 away to Dundee, five 0 at home to Hearts, and we kicked on and we got that Leipzig result. You've covered Rosenberg there, um, Natasha. We, we got through by the skin of our teeth the last thirty-two of the competition um, because Rosenberg did as a turn. Um, they get the result against Salzburg that they did. We needed to go through the second place, and we got drawn against the Valencia. I made the trip over to to the Messiah. I don't know if you went over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, the weather was nice. The atmosphere it was decent. We were up in the top of that stadium. Um, mm-hmm. A bit bizarre, but it is the middle of the, the housing scheme and all that. The police weren't so very nice with us, you could say. Um, probably a wee bit uh, more tetchy that I've been following Celtic away in Europe, especially the walk up with the ground. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think we'd sold the jersey in the home game at Celtic Park 2 0. Um, we went over to, to the Messiah. Brendan Rogers had did a chat at my university on the Monday. I'd spoken to him just as he was leaving and I told him I was going to say to enjoy the game. It was the last time I seen him because he disappeared <laughs> the next week down the road to, to Leicester. Um, we played fairly okay up until a point and the Messiah <laughs> and that was us again. Didn't take our chances. I think Roger had a big, big chance over there um, and that was us out in our backside in Europe and then we know the story that happens after that. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it was, it was a relatively good trip. Nice city, um, nice place, nice weather. Um, I'm sure plenty of people remember a, a good night in the Valencia St. Patrick's Supporters Club. Um, that was a good one. We had a great night after the game, by the way. It was great, though. It's a, it's a good place, so shout out to Valencia St. Patrick's Supporters Club for that one. Um, great, but yeah, like you, you say, the game itself, I mean, we were already done before we got there, having lost in the first leg like we did. Um, and it was never going to get any easier considering another early red card like we so often do by shooting ourselves in the foot in Europe and it was Toljan, wasn't it? Jeremy Toljan to Mellows very for the same the squad. Yeah, the, the same sort of thing, just a stupid pullback I think got his, his second mm-hmm. one and there you are again, that's the sort of game done and dusted and I think, to be honest, that the red card wasn't the, the reason we, we got beat, we'd already you know, sold it like you said in in the first leg, and that yellow card, red card, was really the final nail in the coffin. And you know, we we looked all right as well, actually. Even once we yeah. went down to ten, and we came out very attacking. I think we went in that three four three, um, playing okay. And when you look at the match stats, like I did just before we came on, because we knew we were talking about it. You know, they had fifteen shots on goal. You know, to only concede one with ten men suggests that we've you know defended relatively well, considering the position we found ourselves in. Um, but on the on the flip side, you know we had fourteen shots on tar- on goal, um, and we didn't score. So that's not clinical enough to to get you through a a European tie. And yeah, the the wait for a knockout victory continued. Yeah, no, for a knockout victory continues. It was I with a big chance. I just looked back there. Uh, I think it was a header. It was on the volley or something. I can't mind. Um, but yeah. It was a big chance that they had, but as you say, I think Scott Bean had one of his better performances mm-hmm. in a Celtic jersey, if I remember that night and the, the, the heat. But yeah, that was us again, and we know the story of the season. Um, after that, obviously, Brendan Rodgers departs the club, New Lennon comes in to take us at, at Tyne Castle, and we'll be going to get the, 
the league and the, the treble in the bag um, under Neil Lennon. But yeah, an interesting season for Celtic and Europe, not with a lot of great highs in it. It's been one of our probably most recent disappointing ones like there has been. And as you say, the wait for that knockout tie uh, victory continues maybe this season. We never know. And um, just but, out. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think you'd have some of those disasters under Ange Postecoglou, but hey-ho. Um, thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. As always, I see that Danielle's not keeping too well in the, the comments, so I think everyone acts so much as all the best, not as one of our usual contributors. Thanks to everybody that's watched. If you have watched the video, please give us a like. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel. And thank you to Natasha and Patrick for joining me. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.